welcome to European Talks, the only podcast in the Western Balkans that focuses mainly on the region's EU perspective. Our guest today is Simonida Kacarska, Director of European Policy Institute, EPI, one of the most prominent EU think tanks from North Macedonia. EPI is also a national research organization for the Fundamental Rights Agency for the EU. We will talk about the current political situation in North Macedonia and the expected developments in the country's EU accession process. Simonida, welcome to this podcast. Hi. Uh, Simonida is practically, she feels like at home because EPI and TEP work together on many, many uh, different projects and initiatives as uh, as part of the Think for Europe network. So uh, in a way we are, uh, <laughs> we, we feel like at home both, I think. Uh, Simonida, let's start first with the political developments in North Macedonia. So uh, the general elections have been held uh, recently. Uh, there are now, I guess, talks about the formation of the coalition government. What are the current stakes uh, in that respect? Thanks, Anna, and thanks for the invite. You're very right to know that I do feel uh, at home. We uh, had elections in North uh, Macedonia in the first half of July. And uh, yesterday, on the 4th of August, the first constitutive session of uh, the assembly was held. Mm -hmm. We expect a formation of the government by the end of August. The results of the elections were pretty tight as expected. Mm-hmm. The um, difference between the two main parties in the Macedonian uh, bloc uh, is just uh, two MPs, uh, which means that the results were really close. The coalition of uh, the formerly ruling uh, government uh, party, SDSM, won mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, in a coalition with an Albanian partner, Besa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I mentioned before, they have a lead of uh, two members of uh, parliament. Now mm-hmm. they have the formidable task ahead of them to form a uh, majority of uh, the members of parliament, which means 61 out of uh, 120 MPs, which uh, take have uh, with which constitutes the number of members of parliament in the Macedonian assembly. Mm-hmm. The, um, the 61 MPs will get you the uh, the seat of the head of uh, the government, but uh, optimally in the Macedonian context, one actually needs uh, 80 uh, members of parliament to be able to adopt uh, changes that would require qualified majority voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that a coalition of 61, which will, which is more likely, uh, given the outcome, will be a very, will be in a precarious situation and will be, will have a lot of challenges down the road to make significant changes to some of the systemic laws in case they need, and this is expected for the accession process. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long story short, uh, the political battles, uh, whoever uh, forms the government ahead will be difficult because they will have a strong opposition. It's unlikely that both uh, biggest parties, Vomero and SDSM, uh, will end up will end up together in parliament, which means mm-hmm. that there will be a, a strong opposition uh, down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, the country um, expects uh, the adoption of the 
negotiating framework with uh, the European uh, Union, which we've been expecting for more than a decade now. Yes. Uh, we, as uh, uh, the framework was proposed by the Commission in early July, and we expect it to be adopted uh, in September or October. If mm -hmm. this is the case, then it's very, it's highly important to have actually a functioning political government in place that can take these European accession processes forward with the required legitimacy down the road. Mm -hmm. And to what extent was uh, were the topics related to Macedonia's integration present uh, during the, the general campaign, in the political parties' campaigns? The topic of European integration is always present um, in the background of mm -hmm. the political campaigning, but these were very specific elections uh, mm -hmm. due to the COVID-19 crisis mm -hmm. the, and the economic uh, hardships that are inevitably uh, to follow. Uh, a lot of the political campaigning was based on... Uh, which on the uh, plans that the political parties have for economic recovery. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. European uh, integration as such is often very difficult to phrase or to actually be used in the political uh, campaigning beyond the symbolic significance of some of the major changes that uh, the country underwent in the last uh, couple of years, such as the name change. There was a lot of discussion as to the name change as a, a quote-unquote sacrifice for European integration. It is um, very clear that the uh, failure to start the accession negotiations or to get a decision last October affected was an element uh, of, uh, of the discussion. Mm -hmm. But I would say that more bread and butter issues uh, dominated the, the, the political uh, debates in the country. And all relevant parties are, uh, in a way, Euro-optimistic. Uh, there was no any re reason Euroscepticism among some of them. There's a consensus, political consensus, that the EU is the way to go in North Macedonia. The, this is a very... I think that everyone in the Balkans, including in North Macedonia, having been in a waiting room for a decade now, is uh, in a sort of a strange position when it comes to the to the European accession. Uh, the public in North Macedonia is overwhelmingly uh, pro-European, given all of the hardships and given all of the um, conditions that were posed to the country. We mm -hmm. still have a large support of the public, around 60-70% mm -hmm. that favors uh, accession and favors membership. However, on the other hand, there have been times when the trust in the European Union has oscillated. There have been times in, in the past, uh, around the, before the political crisis of 2016, around 2011, when the public was more distrustful of the European Union than, there was, than the portion of the public that actually trusted it. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, uh, the political uh, representatives and the political parties um, have been overwhelmingly uh, pro-European, but this uh, does not mean that they were at times ready to bear uh, the costs of uh, the European Union membership or the cost of the reforms that are mm -hmm. necessary for yes. accession. So, 
the I think that the actual beyond the declarative support uh, for European accession, I think that the actual test as to their uh, pro-Europeanness or however we want to call it will come at times when they need to make difficult uh, decisions regarding the rule of law, difficult decisions mm-hmm. regarding uh, reforms, let's say, in the environment sector, difficult decisions that will come in terms of reforms in um, in parts of the economy. And I think that this is yet to be seen. At this point, uh, we are still, although a country that is fairly well uh, aligned with the European legislation, mm-hmm. uh, we are still at uh, a point when it's not that it's politically feasible to also uh, be pro-European while at the same time maybe lagging behind some uh, uh, some processes. Uh, however, uh, a notable uh, um, change in these elections uh, is uh, the um, is the party Levitsa, the left, yes. in, mm-hmm. which uh, is a party that actually um, has entered parliament for the first time with two members of parliament, and uh, they have specifically requests to revoke NATO membership. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are very critical of uh, the European Union as a uh, project. This mm-hmm. is uh, at uh, this is uh, a uh, we'll see how much is this a trend or an exception. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is a notable development of the last uh, elections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's good to know. Um, you mentioned the the, uh, the negotiating framework, which is now being prepared uh, in the EU circles, and this negotiating framework will be in a way an incarnation of the EU's uh, revised methodology, which has been uh, presented back in February 2020. Uh, what's your opinion on the novelties this revised uh, accession approach uh, brings and uh, how uh, would it be then translated into the negotiating framework? What is your general comment? Let's start from that. The, the changes to the accession methodology uh, that were proposed and adopted by the European Commission earlier this year uh, have their strong on on our from our perspective as a long-standing candidate to have um, a strong side which uh, goes back to linking the accession process more clearly to the stabilization and association mm-hmm. uh, um, agenda, mm-hmm. uh, not only to the agreement and by this I mean the clustering of uh, chapters uh, uh, is uh, a way to link back the process to uh, the stabilization association and I'm mentioning this for uh, twice because for a country that uh, has already implemented or signed the agreement 19 years ago and implemented about uh, for about 15 years now uh, mm-hmm. it is very important to keep or to maintain the logic of this process because of all of the institutional setups that have been arranged at uh, at the national level Mm-hmm. I don't see, in terms of the, uh, mo- one of the aspects that's been most discussed is, the second aspect is the issue of uh, reversibility. Yes. Um, and I think that there, we've had a lot of discussion around it. We know that the negotiating framework for uh, Macedonia was also delayed because of uh, the um, discussions on reversibility. 
at the end of the day, it is my opinion that politically, if there is an issue that if a country, a member state of the European Union wants to stop the process, then it can no matter what the procedures. And we've seen this in the case uh, of North Macedonia with Greece. So I, I think that it's possibly valuable to have these discussions, but from a perspective of, of an applicant, this uh, there is no we don't see uh, that much uh, the uh, in, in quotations usefulness of, of these discussions because we've seen a lot of times interference of bilateral issues which I think will plague the process down the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the third aspect that um, is um, possibly commendable we've had a lot of discussions is the inclusion of the of an additional set of criteria in the fundamentals, such as the functioning of democratic institutions, which, uh, given the record of the region, is understandable, but then it raises a lot of questions as to how this will be measured, yes. what will be benchmarks, and how will uh, the European Commission set uh, the lever uh, on these uh, criteria. And here, I don't think that we've seen uh, if we take a look at the negotiation, what we've seen, the elements of the negotiating framework for North Macedonia so far, because it's not a public document, it's a document that's still been under discussion among the EU member states. We don't see this last aspect uh, in terms of how, uh, we don't see elements of development in terms of this aspect, so I think it's still very much, there's a lot of question marks in our heads uh, as um, knowledgeable public that follow follows these processes. We're still not clear as to how these um, specific new areas will be monitored. How will they be integrated in the negotiating process? Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the aspects that we are, um, let's say, monitoring uh, closely. Mm -hmm. The uh, last aspect that uh, unfortunately did not make it in the EU, um, in the revised methodology, is the proposal of France, if we remember uh, back in November, to actually mm -hmm. open up structural and cohesion funds to the to the Western Balkan states as a way to facilitate their uh, economic convergence. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is one of the aspects, given also the COVID, the uh, severe economic shocks of the COVID-19 crisis, we're also not clear about how, um, let's say, uh, the, how much the package that we're all waiting possibly in September will mm -hmm. remedy some of these uh, aspects. Uh, mm -hmm. From the perspective of North, uh, of North Macedonia, I think that the, any methodology should uh, make it clear that the country, as I mentioned before, has a a relatively high alignment with the European Union legislation, as we have as an institute uh, uh, pointed out uh, at a lot of times, our, as, as has the European Commission. And I think the challenge of the upcoming framework and the pro process will be actually to reflect this alignment, to recognize it, but mm -hmm. also to use this possibly to push the country through the accession uh, through the accession negotiations processes more effectively possibly more mm -hmm. efficiently make uh, because uh, we all I also think that the new methodology should show that the process works unless and of the two countries that we have on the table Macedonia and North Albania uh, North Macedonia and Albania sorry mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, 
the former has uh, a comparative advantage which should be used both by the by its respective government but also by the officials in the European Union that do want to make a statement that the process of accession actually works. Mm, yeah, that's a very good uh, point uh, raised. And hopefully the economic and investment package which is also announced for September would uh, in to some extent uh, um, uh, the, the, the replace or let's say fill in the void which has been uh, left by the fact that we will not be part of EU cohesion funds, although of course the funding will be significantly less. Um, uh, uh, Simonida, uh, is there anything uh, that we haven't mentioned in this topic that you would like uh, to raise as well? Well, I think that uh, one of the risks that we see with the, the new uh, methodology mm -hmm. is actually uh, creating groups in, uh, in the EU uh, accession process and groups that would, of countries that would, uh, in effect, negotiate under different uh, criteria. We're still not clear, and I think that we've had a statement of Montenegro that they would like to join the new methodology, as we've had one of the Serbian uh, presidents yes. as well. But I think that ultimately, at the end of the day, um, for the new methodology uh, and for the EU accession process, it would help if... Um, all of the countries of the region would see this as a, as a process under equal terms. Mm -hmm. And this would uh, facilitate uh, what uh, somehow we've been um, lacking to see in comparison to the previous enlargement. And that is a form of a positive competition uh, between the countries and facilitate the process of learning. Because I think that... I think that uh, in order to have this process successful, it will be essential to see that all countries are also uh, moving forward. The region is very much um, intertwined and some may move at different paces, but I think that uh, ultimately it will be very difficult for any of these countries to join the European Union and their neighbors to be in a very dire state. So I think that it's very, I think that we've learned at this point that um, uh, also the region needs to be uh, needs to consolidate uh, itself and to facilitate mm -hmm. cooperation but also to positive uh, competition between the countries mm -hmm. and often we neglect or forget uh, to mention uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Kosovo which again are all, uh, already in a very very different stage of EU accession process compared to the four other countries and um, and is barely any discussion on how to make the status quo changed in the foreseeable future. Um, so in a way, uh, you do think the merit-based approach in which all country progresses and according to its own merits is a good way, but still we need to observe the region as a, as an entirety, as a compact. Uh, um, um, in its entirety, and in that sense, uh, there should be, a, in a way, a balance between between the two requirements to make the yeah. process. Mm -hmm. I don't see the latter as a requirement but, uh, per se that the European Union should uh, should put forward, but I see it mm -hmm. as a reality check because uh, of uh, the size of the region, uh, the interconnectedness of uh, of the region. And I think that it will be a much uh, simpler or a much smoother ride uh, 
to uh, the union given all of these hurdles if there is a uh, reasonably uh, well-developed neighborhood as well in, uh, in comparison to the conditions in which one country uh, moves uh, forward. We've seen this in the case of, let's say, Croatia. But mm-hmm. we also have to, under- I, in my opinion, none of the countries in the region have such strong backing from some of the EU member states as uh, Croatia did, neither interest in terms of uh, uh, the region's membership. So I think that in order to make our case before uh, the European Union member states, it would be way easier for all of us if it's built on a um, policy of stabilizing one's own country, but also acting as a stabilizing anchor in uh, the region. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so this initiative should rather come from our countries themselves than to wait yes. for you to instigate that, yes. Okay, that's also, I think, a very interesting point from which we can uh, reflect on in uh, the next months. Let's wait and see what uh, the autumn uh, holds. Uh, Simonita, thank you very much for this uh, conversation. Thank you as well.